Hey guys and girls, you want to see the Modfather in action? Well now you can. Here's some upcoming dates. On Tuesday the 25th of July, I'll be at Butlin's Bognor Regis for New Generation Wrestling. That's ngwwrestling.co.uk. August the 4th, I'll be at the Livesley Memorial Hall, Perry Hill, London for Battle Pro Wrestling. That's facebook.com forward slash battleprow. On August the 5th, I'll be at the Rustcliffe Arena, Nottingham for Southside Wrestling. That's southsidewrestling.com. On August the 6th, I'll be at the Priory Centre, St. Neots for Southside Wrestling. That's southsidewrestling, yet again, dot com. Be sure to come out and support me and the rest of the guys and girls representing British wrestling as each week we tear it up. Wrestling friends, as always, I'm the undisputed king of the mods, Morgan Webster. And more importantly, for the next five minutes to the hour, to the hour and a half, however long this conversation with Zach Gibson goes this week, I will be your host, or as I like to see it, facilitator for all these chats, discussions, gatherings. You know me, I absolutely love that word, gatherings, with your wrestling favourites, or as I like to call them, my buddies, my pals, sometimes just my acquaintances. In Gibson's case, a very good friend. But always, always a wrestling friend. If you're an avid listener to the podcast, you probably already know this podcast comes to you free of charge every Wednesday, apart from last Wednesday because I struggled to get a guest, because sometimes it's really difficult when I'm wrestling on shows and the people I want to talk to or haven't talked to are in different positions of the card and then we've got loads of drop-offs afterwards and it just kind of lose time and it's unable to be done and then you try to get another guest and the times and dates don't match up with the people who are free and then eventually then you don't have a show that week. But apart from that, this podcast comes to you free of charge every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict or wherever, wherever you get your podcasts from. But please be sure to rate, subscribe, review. I do say it every week, but uh, by doing that, by rate, subscribe, reviewing, it does help us push away up those podcast lists and it does open us up to new listeners. Of course, if you are enjoying the show and you do want to give something back, you say, hey Flash, loving this show, absolutely loving it, you do it for free, how can I benefit, how can I help you out, then uh, you can do that in two ways, one by heading over to morganwebster.bigcartel.com, thank you very much for everyone who pre-ordered the brand new t-shirt, I was inundated with pre-orders, never thought I'd sell that many, so thank you very much on a pre-order, that should be coming out released in the next couple of weeks, so uh, look out for that, that will be on the morganwebster.bigcartel.com, it'll also be on shows when I'm there, hopefully have them by uh, next weekend, hopefully, but uh, you can also jump over to MerchBritannia.com, I have an exclusive bowler t-shirt which I'm going to be selling at bowler and it'll also be available over at MerchBritannia.com and that will just be there for a limited time up until I've done my bowler run, of course, we'll be a bottle of Battle of Los Angeles, so uh, look out for that t-shirt. Because uh, Merge Britannia are doing some great stuff and I want to, uh, they support me, so I want to give them an exclusive over there. You can also get your wrestling friends exclusive stuff from over there, along with a long line of merchandise from other wrestlers. Or maybe you're a wrestler yourself and you want to set up a store, head over to MerchBritannia.com. Of course, I do understand if you can't afford to give something back. I know a lot of you are very generous when it shows, a lot of you are a lot of generous when it comes to the pre-orders. But, you know, you can't always afford 
to go out your way and do that, and that's fine. Maybe just give me a little bit of your time by listening to the podcast and maybe give me a shout out on social media. I am on at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I am Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I am at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. And of course, if you do want to book me for any upcoming events, if you do want to advertise on the Wrestling Friends podcast, or maybe you just want to give me a cheeky little email and tell me how much you're enjoying the show, then all that can be done at flashmorgan at live.co.uk. Love seeing those tweets. Love seeing those Facebook notifications. Love seeing those Instagram stories. And I love, love, love getting those emails. So please, keep them coming, people. This week's guest is Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. He does introduce himself, which is an absolute blast. did ask if he could do it, and I said, uh, by all means, Go for it. One thing I do love about Zach is uh, you'll listen to that opening dialogue and then you listen to him speak and you'll think, well, the accent isn't as strong when he speaks. And that's not because he puts it on. That's because he uh, he turns it down a little bit. Anyone who's come and spoke to me at a wrestling show will uh, realise that uh, when I do the podcast, I speak a lot more clearly. I speak a lot more slowly. Imagine uh, imagine this three or four times as fast when you can't see me at shows. So yeah, turn the accent down a little bit because it makes it easier listening. And uh, Gibson was nice enough to do the same. So you don't have a really strong Welsh accent, a really strong Liverpoolian accent battling off each other. So yeah, really nice to sit down with him. I had uh, have a long lasting friendship with Gibson. Met him first when he booked me with uh, Infinite Promotions. He does chat about that briefly. And we've had some great matches in the ring. He's somebody who I've just instantly gelled with every single time we've got in. That natural progression final was the first time we'd ever been in the ring together. And it's still one of my favourite matches. So yeah, got to chat to Zach on Sunday down at uh, Progress Wrestling. I was shooting a promo backstage there for Progress, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I was also helping uh, match produce, so helping uh, some people put their match together, making sure a few things didn't repeat, but it was great to go down there and help out back, and also uh, great to be uh, back on the promo train at Progress, so uh, I said look out for that. On Saturday, I made my What Culture Pro Wrestling debut as I wrestled against RJ Singh, maybe I won, maybe I didn't, I'm not giving any spoilers, of course if I did win, there was a second match that night as well, but yeah, first time uh, in a long time I beat Newcastle, only beat Newcastle once before wrestling, and uh, to be honest, you came out, didn't expect uh, didn't expect a lot of reaction, I came out to a reaction that I could never ever have guessed it, super, super grateful for that, fans seem to just love me up there, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, potentially, hopefully, come back to what culture. Maybe I have some uh, more dates in the pine, in the pipeline, and uh, just keep your eyes peeled because I'm not good. It's probably the last, not the last you've seen of me. So yeah, a lot of fun up there, a lot of fun, and I was really grateful for what culture for bringing me up. And yep, definitely not the last you'll see me there, and definitely not the last you've seen me up the north. But as I said on Sunday, then I was at Progress cutting a promo, and I got to sit down at uh, with Zach Gibson after his match, lovely four-way he had, I got to sit down with him and uh, shoot the breeze, a little bit of a different format this one, we kind of, uh, I know that he's done one with Jim Smallman in the past, if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back and listen to his podcast with Jim Smallman, so I know he covered a lot of bases when it came to his past, and I thought, you know what, we're going to go straight into what he's doing right now, and we do cover that, we talk about him starting with training school with uh, James Drake, they're doing some great stuff up there, so if you're looking for a place to train in the Northwest, definitely, definitely go check those out, hey, you've got a WWE UK star on board, and you've got somebody who's on ITV in front of 2 million people, can't be bad, can it, so definitely go check that out. We also uh, chat a little bit about Europe, and we chat about some of the funny stories. He's got a lot of funny stories. He, uh, If you've listened to the Jim Smallman one, you'll know that he has some great stories from China. Unfortunately, Jim, being the crafty man he is, has already uh, has already dibs the second one with more China stories. But we talk a little bit 
about Europe and there's some a lot of funny stories in there. And of course then we do delve in to ITV and what's next after that. But yeah, it's a really nice one. We sit down and chat and he's able he's nice enough to tone down the accent. And uh yeah, it's a really, really fun conversation and the time really does fly by. So I guess that's it. My plugs are done out of the way, my weekly review has been done out of the way. So I guess what's always left to say is sit back and listen to Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. Boo, boo, had to be done. Okay, so I'm joined here today by... I am Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. Soon to be recognised as Wrestling Friends number one. Soon to be recognised as the UK's number one. And soon to be recognised as the world's number one. <laughs> it pops me every time I call it up like you had the show today and you were doing the promo and Riddle was right next to me and Riddle was like he was like it's so much heat like I think he's never ever seen it before and I was like it gets better watch watch and they all got something quiet and he went what are they going quiet for and then when you went to speak again and they pop he's like did they know they were going to do that I was like yeah it's all part of the act man so it's like um, so yeah it's good to have you on the show it's been this has been one of the longest ones coming on I think I said to you the first week I put this together, <laughs> I was going to get you on. And then you went with that creator, Jim Smallman. Ah, oh, I know, I know. He offered me the money. I've been holding out for the more, more money. And now finally Gav's caved. He's given me what I deserve. We have not discussed where at all. You're getting nothing, my friend. But one of the other reasons why we brought it on is because like, I usually like the time with stuff that people are doing or... You know, if people got big things coming up, like I knew that Will had just come out from Best Super Juniors, I knew that Peter just reinvented himself as the uh, Bruiserweight and he had Dory on the on the rise and stuff like that. So I always like to tie it in, like you just you just opened up a school. So there's this talk. This, I think that's a good place to start. Let's talk about that then. Yeah, yeah Fighting Spirit Pro Wrestling. You can find us there. Fighting Spirit. No, get the plugs in. Get the plugs in. UK. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. It, it's something that's a long time coming. Uh, for a long time in wrestling, now I've been involved some way or another at a school. So I started training in Runcorn. Uh, after a couple of years being there, I started helping out with the training. Yeah. Uh, I moved to Future Shock Wrestling, where I, who I credit with the majority of my actual stuff that I use today, my, the intricacies of how complicated wrestling can be. Um, after a couple of years, I took over the training of Future Shock, and I used to run their school for a little bit. Obviously, some people might know, some people don't. In 2012, I think it was, I opened up Infinite Promotions, ran that as an actual show. Thank you very much for the bookings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pals. Um, eventually, wrestling friends, even. Eventually, we opened up a training school there where I used to teach. Obviously, seminars just like yourself, up and down the country, around the globe. Uh, we're always getting booked to do these things, so it's always there. And I've always had a, a real knack for I really enjoy teaching people. I get a buzz out of it. I find that it actually makes my wrestling better. I'm sure you're the same. Yep. When you have to really break things down into super slow motion for people, it makes my wrestling better as well, so selfishly it makes me better. Selfishly I get to claim credit for anyone who does that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just buzz off it, so um, I wanted a little bit of extra money coming in. As you know, most wrestlers are, have a, at least a lighter schedule, Monday to Thursday, traditionally throughout the week. So a lot of weeks we are sort of free midweek. So that's where we opened up a school, myself and James Drake. Uh, you can also follow James Drake on social media, you'll appreciate that. Uh, I've known JD for forever, for right from the beginning. 
Did you, um, did you train with Future Shock? I met JD twice, basically. Like I met him, I met him when he was thirteen years old. Lost our spud, JD. No, no, before that. Really? I met him like Yu-Gi-Oh card, JD. <laughs> 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 like, like a kid. He was a little. Were kid. you trading you? No, I'm way too cool for that. Uh, I had been training for like, I don't know, six months to a year or something, and I just made friends with this guy, uh, Kev Omega, I think his name was, and he was opening up a new a new company, 21CW in Preston, and uh, he invited me to go and train there. That's where JD started, but he was a kid, he was 13 years yeah. old, I think I must have only been 16, um, but he was like, still, when you're that young, three years is a big fucking Oh yeah, gap, of course, it? of course so, it is. So he was a little kid, I said hello to him. I think it was his mum that used to pick me up from the train station or his auntie or something. Um, so I met him then and then I didn't see him. For oh, so his auntie used to pick you up? I think so. I so you used, used to have a little, a little bit of like a car journey? Yeah, I used to go to the train station. Like I didn't tell my dad, I've, I've spoken about this briefly before, I didn't tell my dad about wrestling for two and a half years because he banned me from doing it. Yeah, same my mum. So I had to sneak out of the house and do it for two and a half years. and. I was doing bookings on shows without my dad knowing. Well, there was a, with me, there was a bit where like, I was yarding. My mum didn't want me back yarding. So like, I went through the stage where I wasn't allowed to go down to my mates on a, on a Saturday. Three or four mile like, distance between the houses. So I used to be like, oh, my mum, oh, I'm just going to go like, get my bike out. She had to take your little brother. I'd be like, I just want to be on my own. I just want to kind of like, ride my bike. And she'd be like, oh, okay. And I did this for a couple of weeks. And one time she sat, sat me down and she went, I'm worried about you going on these long bike rides on your own. Are you depressed? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm all good. She's like, you can do the wrestling if you want to do the wrestling. And I was doing the wrestling anyway. That's where I'd been going. So I, so I lied until I got the blessing pretty much. Oh, I, I just lied. I got found out. <laughs> but I, all of my friends started doing that thing where they were like, your dad knows. Of course he knows. You've been wrestling for two and a half years. You're on shows. We didn't know. You've got gear all hidden in the back of your guitar ramps. Like, <laughs> all he needs to do is walk in your room and he can see kick pads on the floor. Like, he knows. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then when he found out, yeah, he, did, he didn't know. <laughs> the shit hit the fan. Bollock me. So, guitar, did you, you play, play guitar? Ah, a little bit, but not enough to talk about on a podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Probably we know some musical <laughs> history there that we were going to get into. Um, it's my party trick. I can play Blackbird by the Beatles. Oh, that's pretty cool. And because it's all finger picking, everyone goes like, fuck, this guy can play. And then as soon as I finish, I just go, that's enough for tonight. Truth being, if they ask me to play another song, I can play White Stripe <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Seven Nation Army and we're done. It's like Mark Andrews' party trick is like, he, I love always love to go to party with him. And he'd be like, is that a piano? Like, and he'll say, He's like, <laughs> You'd be like, oh, oh, is that a piano? And you'd be like, rusty. And it just plays like songs that everyone can sing along to. Yeah, what were we even saying then before? We, we were, were talking about the training school when we said like you've trained everywhere. So is it. Like, oh, JD. We were talking about JD. Oh, yeah, sorry. Wrestling. Like, my dad. Just to get back to that, my, I, I did it without telling my dad. Uh, he actually, I printed off a CV to get a part time job in Iceland. Um, nice. I know, sick. I worked at Asda. And. Um, my dad found the CV when I talked about wrestling. Oh. So I came in from wrestling training and he just fucking bollocked me. Really? Yeah, he really kicked off. And then we just didn't talk for two weeks. But in those two weeks where we didn't talk, I was still going out and wrestling. And then eventually he sat me down. He was like, Jack, we need to talk about the wrestling. So he went, so I've decided I'm going to let you do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he'd said, you're not doing it, you would have gone, okay, and then continued to do it anyway. But then he, the best bit is, he was like, I'm going to let you do the wrestling, but just promise me this one thing. I said, Dad, anything you say, 
hand on heart, he went, just promise me you're not going to throw each other around. <laughs> so I said, Dad, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, Dad, I'm a technical wrestler. <laughs> I had to like wean him onto wrestling. Like I showed him like a roll up first and he was like, oh, that's nice. And then uh, the first show he ever came to was GPW in Wigan. I was wrestling Danny Hope. We were the opener. Uh, the opener. I knew we weren't going to do anything crazy, so I let him come to that. And then eventually, now he's seen it all, now he doesn't care. Now he just shows off and tells new girlfriends that I'm a wrestler. So, swings and roundabouts, really. So, new girlfriends, sing, uh, parents divorced? Yeah, well, no, 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 no. Um, don't know if that's <laughs> the right tone for this. Um, I just, my mum passed away. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know. No, no, no. That's all, all this gimmick. Oh, I didn't know about that. It's like, it's, it's, it's again, I've had T-Bone on and we spoke briefly about that, but yeah. I didn't know that. Apologies about that, I mean. No, obviously it happens. Like, I'm not, a, do you know what I mean? Like, it was bad. It was when I was, like, 12, so my dad's pretty much brought us up, which is why, like, even when he does things, I like, try to ban me from wrestling. He's been protected. He's always looked after me since day one. Because you're his he's looked at me, Yeah, he's looked at He's brought me up. From, obviously not from, from nothing, but from 12 years onwards, it's just been him. He's looked after me, he's housed me. You and him as the guys are there. Really can't say a bad word. But uh, JD, like, met JD at that age of 13, didn't see him for years. I think I met him again at XWA. And we had that really awkward moment where he came up to shake my hand. He said, Hi, how are you doing? I was like, Hi, I'm Jack, nice to meet you. And he went, I know. <laughs> Did you <laughs> say, I know? Yeah, like, I've known you for years. <laughs> as if he didn't go. Hey, I'm JD. Like I do it sometimes. Like I go, go hey, I'm, and they'll just go, hey, nice to meet you. You're like, nice to meet you too. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I just I met him twice. He was two different people, and now obviously you, most people have seen this because JD puts it out on his social media quite a lot. Now you see a picture from him. Yeah, he is like the one person I think has just changed the most. Like most guys have like a. A couple of states, don't they? Like, this is me until I was 16, this is me until I was this, but you can see it's him. JD looks like a different human. Every year, he looks like a completely different I'll person. Show, I'll, I'll show you some pictures of Hitch. Hitch is a big jumper as well. <laughs> like, he has this one picture, and like, we put a picture of us of Yardin, and my uh, one of my mates literally looked at the picture, and then three or four days later, posted the picture, like, I've just realized that's Hitch in the middle. I thought it was some guy that you decided not to bother with anymore. But well, I mean, pretty, I had pretty, like, haggard long hair and a. I did look pretty weird, but I seem to have like two versions of me. JD, every six months, he just evolves into a different person. Long hair, long hair with the beards. Yeah. Long hair with the abs and the beard. Big bushy beard, kind of. Not chubby, but you know, a little bit of excess weight. Now he's like ripped a bit, he's got abs on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll take different... your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a different... <laughs> You're closer. <laughs> Inside scoop. <laughs> so the training school, like me and JD were talking about it for ages. And then, but when we actually decided to do it, it was just rapid. Like there was no, no real big planning in it. We just said like, right, we've talked about this for a while. Now we're both in a position where we have a little bit of money lying around. We've got the time there to do it. Let's just do it. And from decided from the point where we decided to do it to the point where we were actually running was literally three weeks, something like that. Facility looks incredible. Like yes. all the pictures you put up and it's like. It, it, that's right, it fucking is. It's no, really no, no, by all means, brag, yeah. man. Like, feel some people come on here and they don't brag. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it and I've gone, fuck me, that's looked incredible. It's incredible. It's, um, it's my old gym where I used to train. So, like, when I used to train there, and it was just a, you know, a fitness gym, they had the big weight section, then they had a swimming pool, spa, all this stuff. It's all being repurposed after it got sold. So, the bit where we are in is actually the old swimming pool. Oh, sick. So, the swimming pool has been emptied out, filled with judo mats. Like, we've got. 
We haven't actually measured it accurately yet, but it's way over 60 foot long of just matted area yeah. to do wrestling. And then we have our ring permanently fixed up. So when we run sessions, like we've had 40 guys in there on our first session, which obviously we were just blown away by. We both of us spoke and we just said, right, let's get this going. It's not wasting the time, let's get it up. And if we just get five to 10 trainees in our first session, obviously kind of underestimating ourselves a little bit, I guess. We put the word out, we only advertised it for what, a week or so. 40 people showed up on the day one and it was just straight from the get-go we've just been non-stop just moving forward it's been amazing it's credit yeah. to you and JD yeah. though isn't it I'm, I'm really really happy and I appreciate people sort of investing in us as well we have 40 people in just want to take a minute from our conversation this week to chat to you about our sponsors MerchBritannia.com MerchBritannia is the on-demand merchandise and service for the British wrestling scene more than just another t-shirt store, they offer photo shoots, graphic designs, and on-demand 8x10s, badges, and of course t-shirts, all sent directly to the fans. With competitive rates for the wrestlers, and if you're a wrestler and you sign up today, you'll get your first t-shirt design absolutely free. I trust Jim, Aliki, and the rest of the team at Merch Britannia so much, I brought them on as the permanent sponsor and give them all the exclusive rights to my Wrestling Friends t-shirts. So if you're a wrestler looking to sell a range of wrestling merchandise, or a fan looking for the best bit of clobber, head over to MerchBritannia.com now and pick up a bargain. Thanks, Merch Britannia. You've tore it apart. We have 40 people in the pool. Because it's, <laughs> Loving life. Because it's so big, like we're not cramped, so we've got, we can have a group in the ring, and then we essentially have three matted rings on the floor where we split people up. So if we know there's a big group coming, we get extra tra- trainers in. And we just keep constantly have people moving in and out, and it's just been really, really good so far. Like, no complaints at all. Well, you two want to say that um, you like you got plenty of room for the ring. The ring stays up. Like I love the little story about you. Like tell me the story about the the ring. You used to set the ring up and set the ring down every single week. Well, and then like the, then the guy like that was a. To be fair, that was at other training schools. So where I first started in one corner, and I think they still do it now. They set the ring up. They wrestle in it, they take it down, they put it away. They set it up, they wrestle in it, they take it down. When we found this facility, all all kitted out, ready to go, we had to put a little bit of money in and we worked together with the martial arts place that we share. We both agreed on this budget, we both kitted the whole place out ready to go, but we know that he owns the venue. So even though we're helping out, kitted out, we rent the venue from him. Of course. So, because it's so good and because it's in such a good spot, we just wanted like anything you want, mate, we'll do it. We're like, we're not going to get anywhere at all. We'll set the ring up, we'll take it down. We'll set it up, we'll take it down. As soon as he left, me and JD started plotting to try and find a way to not have to do this every week. Yeah. Because it's so, like, we want to run three sessions a week. So annoying. And we were finally, we had this, like, plan in place. Like, how do we do this? You know, we need to get Pally with him. We need to be his friend for two weeks. We need to try and convince him that he can do his sparring in it. We need to try and convince him that he can use the ring for this or for that. Uh, we were setting the ring up on the first day. We set it up by ourselves, put the ring up. He came up and was like, lads, that looks like a fucking ball, eh? Why don't you just leave it up? <laughs> and Eugene's looking at each other like, scrap the pan. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like that with everything. We keep on going like we're on eggshells because we're just so used to other people being like that. But the guy that we run it with is just like us. He just doesn't care. If it's good for business, it's good for him. It's good for us. So anything we've asked so far, he just goes, go on, feel free. Go on, feel free. We were going to buy a crash mat for the trainees to practice it and stuff on. And we told him, we were just talking with him, we said, you know, oh, we're gonna buy a crash map, but we're not looking forward to forking out for it. He's like, yeah, I'll wait there a minute, lads. Pulled a big massive crash map out of one of his spare rooms. Why do you choose that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, back in head though, were you hoping that he had a spare one later on, or he was gonna give you one? Every time I'm like, oh, I think I need some new Gibson tights. <laughs> um, 
Brendan. <laughs> when happens to have any spare spandex in your room? Funny enough, I have these 1994 <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. He's like, I've, I got these ones for Christmas two years ago. They say Zach Gibson on the back. Is that any good to you? <laughs> but like, on, on top of like the training you've done, all the training over here, is it just the UK you've trained people? Because I know like a lot of people broke up and done seminars in other places. And... Oh yeah, well like our school, obviously, that so Fighting Spirit, that is Muggle Liverpool, where I live. Just like anyone else, we do tours all over. JD's just done a week in France, teaching over there. He did, that was sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sent me some funny videos from there, but I'll let him talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just got back from a week teaching in Denmark, so I think uh, me and Jamie Ahmed went over there. Uh, Screwface from NGW. The two of us, we went over. I mean, it wasn't necessarily just because of Fighting Spirit, but it definitely helps. Because now people, I'm getting those extra bits of work now from doing them. I'd already done seminars up and down, really fun one in Malta uh, last year, which I really enjoyed. But this one in Denmark's the first week-long camp in a foreign country that I've done. I, I wish I had more funny stories to talk about Denmark, but it was actually just really good. <laughs> like so many times you go to Europe and it's just a fucking nightmare. I don't know what it is about Europeans. I, I don't know what it is. They just love leaving British wrestlers in the shit. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll try and touch on one or two of them in a moment. <laughs> but the one, Italy. Always Italy. But Denmark was really good. Like, they really looked after us. Every single day we had three meals cooked for us. Big full breakfast, big dinner, big tea. They took us to the gym. They Brilliant. took us to their supermarkets. Uh, all the trainees really respected us. They took us to their women. <laughs> <laughs> They would all wait, so they would all sit on this big long table and wait, and they were only allowed to even get their food after we had sat down and started eating, and they would wait to do that. Oh, that's, that's um, weird. The like, trainees were really good, like, again, there's nothing really spectacular. Sometimes there's little bits of, like, language barriers, so for example, there was, there's this trainee called Dennis. <laughs> Great name. Classic Den Danish name. <laughs> uh, and Dennis, who, for lack of a better term, looks like a serial killer. As the old dancers do. <laughs> he was like a quite a quiet guy and Dirty we were, Dan Watson, you know what it is. <laughs> we were doing a drill where it was just like tie up, take a headlock, send them off, you had to take a tackle. When they hit the ropes you had to do a drop down. Obviously probably a lot of people that don't know the technical terms, but a drop down or a sleep is what it's known as. You've probably seen that a million times. The wrestler hits the ropes, the other one just drops onto his stomach to evade the guy who's running. Yeah. He Instead, of, he can either stop and try to do something, but because he's got the momentum, he's going to jump over, counter your trip, and just keep on going and maybe come back and counter you. We do it as like a bump and feed drill, just to get the, the uh, trainees bumping, get them moving, get them warm up. The ring, yeah. So we tell this guy, everyone else is doing it fine, and he should have been watching, but he obviously wasn't. Probably plotting his next murder. He gets in the ring, and we were like, right, Dennis, you, you know the drill, right? Yes. Okay, cool, let's go. Headlock, send off, tackle. Guy goes to hit the ropes. Dennis is just sat on his ass, staring into space. So we go like, Dennis, sleep. And he just looked at us and panicked. We're like, Dennis. So then the guy sort of like rebounds. He tries to hit the ropes again. He's trying to work together. We go, Dennis, sleep. And he's just, he just sat there again, staring at us. So we're like, for fuck's sake, Dennis, sleep. And all he did was just throw his head back, close his eyes, and really concentrate on trying to go to sleep. <laughs> I wish I could do an impression of it. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. A Danish man scrunches his eyes as tight as he can. <laughs> sleep, and he was sleep. like, oh, sleep! <laughs> <laughs> like really concentrating on it. 
We had to just stop training for about half an hour. <laughs> Couldn't do anything. Just crying with laughter. Oh, terrible. But the actual camp itself was great. And like at the end of the week, uh, Dennis had made leaps and bounds. <laughs> Sleeps and leaps. <laughs> and we did like a trainee show at the end. It was just really good. Really good week. I can't wait to go back, to be honest. I'd recommend it for anyone, any European listeners, if you keep an eye on this company in Denmark, uh, Dansk Pro Wrestling, they do a week on camp every year. And it's really worth going. Oh, that's good. As long as I'm there. <laughs> Let's talk about Italy then. Because the thing is, right, right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to win me, right? I reckon it's probably Asuka, right, you're talking about. And I'm going to say, I've done this, right? And I had, I had Dave Mastiff on the, on the podcast, episode four, three, something like that. And he told the story about how they, on the way back to the airport, they took him to the wrong airport. So they took him to the wrong airport and we were uh, there ringing him up, asking him where he was. And they'd gone, the driver had taken him 30 minutes in the wrong direction to a different airport. This just doesn't surprise me at all, because it's just typical Italy. Like, apologies to the Italian fans listening, I'm sure you're not all this bad. But something about Italy and wrestling going together just doesn't seem to work. Just give it up, lads. It's not worth it. So, so, is you, it's is you, your story then? <laughs> it, you know what? It's not even just asking though. I've been to Italy for a number of companies. I'm sure. I'm sure that there's good. I'm sure that there's good people there. I'm sure that there's well, all the good people. There. <laughs> I'm sure that there's people that can, you know, organise things. <laughs> but for every company I've gone over, I've at least got one thing. Like Asker, actually, I've been over for a couple of times from them, and they do look after me. They, they have the normally. It's just the first time I went. There was a ricket, which was basically, I went in and I, they had just asked me if it was okay as a first time. They said, you know, we're sorting out hotels, but we have, one of the wrestlers can put you up if that's okay. And I'm just so easy going, which I need to stop being so easy going, because it always drops me in the shit. Every single time, without fail, I end up coming back and I've just fucked myself. And it's my own fault, because I'm just too laid back. So they said, would you stay at this wrestler's house? I said, absolutely, why not? They said, can we fly you in the night before the show because it will save us so much money. I said, as long as you share a little bit of that saved money with me, I'm absolutely fine because I've got the day before off anyway. So I flew in. I was absolutely starving. Like, you know yourself, we eat a lot. Every two Every hours. Every two hours. You've got to eat. So I flew in. I had nothing on the flight. I just had a bit like a meal deal before I went. So I was starving. And when I got to Italy, the promoter was there to pick me up. And I said, can I just grab some food now? He said, oh, but we can miss the traffic if we go. We're only sort of half an hour to an hour away from the greatest. He's going to be, he's where you're staying. Did you refer to him as the greatest? Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> I've met him. He's <laughs> like, so that's where you're staying. So we're only half an hour to, to an hour away. And then he's, he's cooking you food. You're going to have food when you get there. So I was like, okay, I'm not really that happy, but I had a bag of cashew nuts with me. I was like, I'll just have a handful of cashew nuts and we'll eat when we get to the greatest's house. So sure enough, we were in traffic for three hours. Like, I don't know who designed the roads in Italy. I don't, I don't know who designed this, but you fucked up. It's <laughs> it terrible. There was no markings on the road. It was just like a funnel. Oh, Spain's exactly the same. Spain's horrendous. trying to go through this little Spain's tunnel. Spain's horrendous as well. We just sat there, and I was starving. My stomach was doing backflips. I sat there with a little bag of cashew nuts from Lidl. <laughs> That's meant to fill me up. So finally, we didn't go to the greatest house. We went to his wrestling shop. The other one's like a memorabilia shop. So we got there, I was like, cool. Where's the food at? He's like, oh, um, the food's at my house. My mum is cooking food for us. I was like, okay, the plot thickens. But can I grab some food now? Is it? Oh, no, it's open. Just bear with us a few minutes. Got to close the shop. I only live around the corner. And my mum's prepared food. Back in the cashew nuts. 
another handful and starve. How big is this bag? <laughs> to be fair, it's a big bag. Anyone who likes cashew nuts, get yourself a little. <laughs> so um, I had a few more cashew nuts, but I was so hungry. I waited like 40 minutes for this guy to close his fucking shop. Because then he finished. He's like, come on in the car, we're just around the corner. Half an hour later <laughs> from driving, we arrive at his house. And we go in, and I meet his mum and dad, and they're lovely. And she's like, I'm going, right, nice to see you out of the way. Where's the fucking food? Let's eat. Um, his mum goes, I'm just finishing up now. I'm just cooking it now. I said, oh my God. I said, this is like eight hours without eating now. I'm just eating my cashew nuts again. So he's like, just go and wait in the living room, and we'll bring in some food in a minute. So I go in. He makes me have an arm wrestle with him in front of his dad. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Do you win? No. <laughs> that's the worst bit. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you were, you were fatigued from lack of food. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't lose either. It was a stalemate. Oh, I got you. Like, he's obviously some sort of, like, arm-wrestling champion of Italy. Of course he is, but yeah, of course he is. That's why you couldn't beat him. <laughs> obviously. But I was stuck, but I was like, right, he ain't beating me. His dad was indifferent. His dad just didn't care at all. But I, he couldn't move me and I couldn't move him, so I'm like, okay, mate, right, I'll give you your arm-wrestle. It's all a bit awkward. Can we just stop doing this now? Whilst he's like veins bulging out of his head, like leaning his whole body when he's trying to take me. So we just called it a, called it a tie. I was like, right, so where's this food? She shouts through from the kitchen. Oh, just be a minute. It'll just be a minute. Said, oh, Jesus Christ. Finally, like nine hours in, something ridiculous. We sit down for dinner. They bring me a little glass of Coke to have while I eat. And she wheels out this like tray. And it's just got packs of ham in tinfoil. Just from a packet. Lee puts it out on the table, opens it up. Bon appetit. Little packs of ham. No what bread. the fuck was she doing in the kitchen? No bread. <laughs> no, like bread from a pack. Ham from a pack. She'd been slaving away in the kitchen for three hours, texting all of her mates. <laughs> God, you should see this English wrestler. He's, he's arm wrestling him in there. <laughs> he's starving. What do you mean, our oh, ham? You're gonna give him an insight. Nah, I'm just gonna make him wait. I'm gonna make him wait. He's raging. He's fuming. You're absolutely fuming. I was devastated. Just ham from the packet. Three hours it took her to unfold that tinfoil. <laughs> ham from the packet. Her arms, her arms are tired from all the so arm wrestling she's just, been doing. I'm just absolutely goosed. Uh, Jimmy Havoc had flew, was like flew in a couple of days oh, earlier. That one. So I meant to meet. I mean, went to meet up with Jimmy. Uh, we had a couple of drinks. While the greatest sort of gave Jimmy a few ideas for. I his think match. I was supposed to be out for that one, and I, I got injured. I think. I was a hell of a little show. <laughs> Started at half past six, finished at half past one in the morning. Brilliant. <laughs> That's not even a joke. That's exactly how long it took. Uh, we met up with Jimmy for a little bit. We went back. I was shattered. I just wanted to go to bed. I was sleeping in his bed, which was like, was like a really tiny, small Italian man's bed. And I'm like six foot four with my legs hanging over. And all I wanted to do though was just go to sleep. But I got in there and he sat on the edge of the bed and uh, talked me through all of his wrestling gear through the years. Pulled it all out of a little drawer, went through it all. This is for the gear that I debuted in. I got the backstory. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan, jigsaw, glued to the wall. Referee Chris Roberts has seen this. to the whole thing. The <laughs> basketball sat on my jeans. He's a lovely guy, by the way. He's a lovely guy. And he did look after me. <laughs> He looked after me, but the Hulk Hogan jigsaw, jigsaw, sellotape. I thought it was a poster. I don't know what it was stuck up there with. Whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Chris Roberts puzzle, we know what it was stuck on the wall with. So Hulk Hogan haunts in my dreams for the night. But honestly, like, I did, I did Finland and I never tried to like, again I loved it when I was out there, but like, I got dropped off and it was like, I remember coming coming into like, it was the most industrial looking place and I'm like, are oh, you staying here? Got in there and then the, uh, it was like, this guy called Mikhail, nice guy, and we got in his room and I was like, okay, so what are we doing now because the show's not till tomorrow. He's like, okay, I don't have, uh, I don't have lap, I don't have a TV. I have this small laptop. It was tiny, and I was like, okay, so you got the, you got like internet. He's like, internet's really slow. I was like, okay, so what are we gonna do? And he's like, I have these three DVDs, <laughs> and it was like best of ladder matches, best of world championship, the best of Edge and Christian, and it was, and it was like, and he was like, okay, and I got there at like two in the afternoon. The show we wouldn't leave until eight o'clock next morning. Luckily, I got him to convince him to go to Helsinki, but it is one of those moments where you like. Is it worth it? Is this all worth it? It is. I don't know, but it's when you drop hints, but the language barrier stops it from happening. I mean, I thought a yawn was pretty universal, but apparently not. When you're in someone's bed, pulling the covers up to your chin, so probably should. He's like, yeah, yeah, I agree. So here's my bandana, which I introduced in 2004. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Go to sleep. <laughs> but that's not just... I mean, the actual next day was really fun. Um, he wanted me and Jimmy to hang out at his wrestling store for eight hours before the show. Um, so me and Jimmy had a lovely day in Milan. <laughs> we obviously did not stay in his wrestling place. store. Uh, but the actual day, we had a good day out in Milan. We had a really good show. Crowd in Italy, lo- I love wrestling in Italy because the crowd just go nuts. They just love it. They, they don't. They're not overexposed to wrestling, yeah. so they absolutely love it. And that was really good. And every time I've been back for back since, it's been great. Uh, I actually had a really good match with the greatest. Like. Because you, because you, because you built a rapport with him over the. Yeah. <laughs> we bonded, <laughs> and you, like he wore the those trunks, and you knew exactly why those trunks exactly. come to existence. I got him. You know what I mean? I get him. You get. I get him. But it's, it's not like I say. It's not just. I don't know what it is about Italy. It's progress are to blame for an, an interesting trip, where again I got screwed and Marty Scale had a lovely time <laughs> because Marty doesn't take shit off no one. So like, so what culture with me? Yeah, yeah whereas I'm, I'm sort of like out with my missus, and they're texting me saying like, "Is this okay?" Like, yeah, well, I don't care, just whatever. I'm not bothered. But I, it comes back to haunt me every single time. So this other show that or Progress organised, uh, Progress title match, me versus Marty Scurll, it's actually on Progress on Demand. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I mean, you'll understand why in a second. So we took this book in both getting paid okay you know, we want to go and do it we're going to Italy we're going to Potenza Italy which is like I don't know bottom right okay for anyone who can use that technical term in the heel <laughs> yeah and uh, so they flew me in to Rome even though it's like right next to Na- is it Naples yep it's right next to Naples uh, airport, well like an hour hour away from Naples airport they flew me into Rome I got picked up by some of their wrestlers and then we drove for like five hours I just drove the full length of Italy into Potenza which is the shithole of Italy <laughs> like we drove through all these nice areas into Potenza which is just like the ghetto it is just awful there's nothing there at all so obviously perfect place to run a wrestling show of course bear in mind that when I say nothing Dixon, there Dixon's been doing that for years <laughs> when I say that there's nothing there I also mean that there are no people there um, so I don't know who the fuck they were expecting oh to come oh god so uh, we, we drove all the way through Italy in the 
boiling, like the hottest day I think I've ever experienced in my life. I'm dripping with sweat. I just went to sleep. Like the guys that I was driving with couldn't speak a word of English anyway. So I did my, you know, we did, they, were, they were really nice lads. We did you the tried nice to do a little bit, said yeah. hello. But when we got in the car, I just put my neck cushion on. I just went to sleep. Uh, every sort of two hours, I'd wake up to some crazy fucking weird scene going on. Like at one point, I think it was like three hours in, I was fast asleep. I woke up and we were just in the middle of a field <laughs> next to a landslide. Like, and the guy in the front was going, Mamma Mia. <laughs> It actually was though. I thought, like, is this a is this is this a bit? Is this a joke? Like, have they planned this? Have we been parked up in this field while they watch me until I wake up? I can't believe it. And I just, my brain just went, fuck this, go back to sleep. Woke up again. We're in Potenza. Graffiti everywhere. Like, I flew in in the morning, obviously, to do this big trek down. Yeah. Marty Scale still alone, having his breakfast, loving life. I get to the venue. It's a stage job. So the rings up on the stage. The crowd is miles away, oh, all God. sat on, in the seats like a theatre. The ring's a six-sided ring. Like you just think of every curveball that a promoter can throw at you. These guys were doing it, like yeah. they were acing it. Stage job, six-sided ring. The apron was five foot high off the floor. Like, I'm a tall guy and I had to leap just to get up onto the apron. But then once I was in the ring... What were I even done? It was me. It was, it was taller than you. <laughs> the apron. You cheeky bitch. <laughs> Uh, we are no longer wrestling <laughs> friends. But then once you got in the ring, the ropes were only three foot high. So that'd be it, fine for me. <laughs> unreal. Uh, there was no, it was tiny, it was like 14 foot, really small, six sides, on a stage, miles away from the crowd. It had a big steel step to get into the ring. Not steel steps, just like a three foot steel step that you could sort of do a big lunge up onto and then one more big lunge into the ring. Uh, the padding was all over the place, so... There's just holes coming straight through to metal and board everywhere in the ring. So obviously I get there, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm not bumping. I'm not taking a single bump in this match. Marty rocks up 20 minutes before doors. <laughs> He's had a lovely time. Where's he flew He's in? He's got a coffee in his hand. Where's he flew in? Because they told him you're flying to Rome and he just said, absolutely not. I didn't even look at my flight until the morning of the flight. So he just looked and said, there's no way I'm doing Yeah, yeah exactly. Marty paid attention, so lesson learned. Any, any trainees listening, pay attention. Um, look after yourself. But you don't get any stories. Marty doesn't have anything to tell from this. Uh, he just flew in, he had a lovely time. Came in with his little coffee, saw this ring, agreed with me. Absolutely no bumps, not doing a thing. Like, you, you can't. For your own safety, you cannot do anything in that Got you. And plus, because the crowd's so far away, we basically did a Butler in the singles match. We did a lot of tech wrestling so that we didn't have to bump. I mean, we still put in a shift. We still give them a shift. It was just because the ring would have just taken years off your life. The 30 people in attendance who were all spread out over this huge venue were chanting, this is progress. They were loving it. Oh. <laughs> Wrist lock counters. We did a couple of like super kicks and garys and shit like that. Um, little main eventy for well, main eventy finish, like ducking the belt shot and stuff like that. Marty tapped me out with a standing chicken wing. <laughs> Because he couldn't do any of that, because he wouldn't have been able to see. Yeah, got you. on the mat, they physically couldn't see us. Even if we went below the knees, we disappeared to the audience. Got you. So everything was standing up. I, mean, I guess it's interesting for that fact, but it was just a, 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 the ultimate house show experience. Like, they were miles away, we couldn't do anything. So we did that little match. I mean, we got through it, it was a good little, fun little match. We got sorted, we got paid, we got taken back to the hotel, which was like some like, weird old converted hospital thing, which was really surreal. And it was me, Marty, Joe Legend, and Kenzo Richards from Amsterdam. We were all staying in the hotel. 
they said, Marty and Joe, your flight's an hour and a half earlier. Luckily, we were all flying home from Naples, at least. Yeah. So, Marty and Joe, you guys are flying an hour earlier. Um, so, such and such a guy is going to pick you up and take you to the airport. Uh, Zach and Kenzo, you guys are flying an hour later. So, you just wait in the morning for Street Dog. <laughs> but that street dog were five instead of an S. <laughs> so I was like, street dog, sick. I can trust him. <laughs> you looked over and the graffiti had his name on there. So we were waiting on street dog to come and pick us up. So sure is enough, Marty, who flies in half an hour before the show, has a match, gets paid, gets picked up in the morning, goes home. He's just, he's just had a lovely old time. I flew into Rome, drive five hours in the heat and guys that lands, can't speak English and a landslide in the middle of the field it's just all over the place get to the show she rings knackered but okay fair enough Marty's in that same boat get back to the hotel morning I come down meet up with Kenzo in the lobby no one no street dog to be seen street dog isn't there we're waiting uh, Kenzo's flight is before mine oh god and like we're waiting the guy told us he's picking, up, picking us up at 8 it's half 8 no one's there we're going we need to do something I do not want to live out the rest of my days in pretends Italy <laughs> Kenzo bless him doesn't want to spend a single euro <laughs> he's like no street dog will come <laughs> Kenzo, he looked at his street dog tattoo <laughs> I, I believe in him I have faith in street dog um, you on the other hand I did trust, not I didn't trust street dog I'd heard about his rep <laughs> um, nine o'clock Still no street dog. Now, Ken- like, Kenzo's about to miss his flight. And but Kenzo still, still won't pay. And he's still trusting anything. the street dog. So I, we're trying to talk to this guy in the counter. We were like, how can, is there a bus? But like, Kenzo was fuming. He was flipping on everyone, but he still didn't want to spend any money. The guy behind the counter says, it's a Sunday. It's Potenza. There are no buses. There are no trains. But there, there is, is this nothing. Bus, but there is this, uh, this guy who gives lifts. His name's Street Dog. <laughs> There's nothing. There is no way to the airport. There's this one fan who we had, well, there's this guy who was like a backstage runner or whatever. We recognised him, he came down. So Kenzo goes for him, like flipping on him. He's like, what the fuck is this? Because this is a joke, you've not looked after us. Like, you need to get me home. This guy just goes, no, no, I'm just a fan. I don't know anything. So I'm like, oh, fuck, so who is it? Why were you backstage then? So Kenzo puts him he's down. He's like, no, I'm just a fan, I'm just a fan. We went, well, how, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to Naples. He's like, so are we, we'll come with you. No. Like, what do you mean, no? Like, we're coming with you to Naples. He's like, no, no, no. Why not? I need to go. I don't know. So, Kenzo comes to get me. He's like, we're going. There's this guy. He's going to Naples. We turn around. He's gone. He's just done a runner. He's just done a runner. I found out later from the promoter, there was one coach that ran that day that goes to Naples that left in five minutes from that point that that guy went and got on. And just didn't take me and Kenzo with him. So he was going on a coach? Yeah, to So Naples. it wasn't as if he was driving. He was just like, he could have gone, yes, get on the coach with me. And, we just and he just left us in Potenza to rot. So eventually, like, Kenzo's now officially missed his flight. And he pissed. He's just fuming at everyone. We're just kicking off at the guy in the hotel because there's no one else to shout at. Uh, we don't know who Street Dog is. Like, we don't know if he's a myth. But you know at this point, he's dead. <laughs> we don't know if we have to, like, shine a symbol into the sky to get him to come. Like, I don't know who Street Dog is. I'm, like, searching Facebook for street dog and I found him no <laughs> came up such and such in brackets street dog so we did actually find him yeah we found street dog we messaged him he's going like 
his message back to us was like, oh, did so-and-so not tell you? Like, obviously not, hence why we are calling you a twat. <laughs> oh, I was never meant to pick you up. He's meant to pick you up. So then we call the promoter, his phone's off. Just, oh, God. We're just left to rot. So I say to Kenzo, like, listen, I am not living out the rest of my days in a tender. I love how it isn't, like, it isn't, I'm not missing my flight and eventually have to get a taxi and then another flight. You've literally jumped to the worst conclusion of the world. I am not spending the rest of my days here. I'm looking out the window at, like, old guys sort of sat there smoking on the side of the road. With their Liverpool like shirts on. <laughs> a swing in the background and some graffiti. And I'm thinking, like, you used to be a wrestler, didn't you? You came over for this company, <laughs> PWE or whatever it's called. And they abandoned you in Potenza, and that's the whole population of Potenza is people that street dog is fucked over. <laughs> like some sits, ho- weird horror film. While he sits on his mountain of money that he's been paid <laughs> to drive people around. Human trafficking is big in Potenza. So, um, Especially I, when uh, the trafficking doesn't happen. Like, Kenzo's already missed his flight. I'm like, mate, you've got to book a new flight. We'll get it back off them. We will get it back off them. They will pay us. I was like, but we're not waiting. I had a booking with IPW that day. So I was flying into London. I was like, I'm not missing my flight to rebook a flight to potentially miss IPW, to miss another wage. So I was like, we're getting a taxi. Naples is like an hour away. We found this taxi driver, he was like, absolutely not, it's too far. You cannot drive. Like, it wasn't like, oh, it's gonna cost you too much. He just said, you cannot. Cars don't go that far. <laughs> what? I was like, how far is it? It's an hour, he's going, no, too far. Too far, we're like, mate, we're gonna, we'll fucking pay you, whatever it is. We agreed with him to give him however much it would cost. Um, so we agreed to give him whatever it would be and I just said to Kenzo look I'll pay I'll get it back off them like we just need to do this so we got in we just drove to Naples an hour on motorways in, in a taxi. taxi with the meter running 350 euros oh god <laughs> we give it to the guy he gave us a receipt I made my flight Kenzo had to wait to get his flight I got back to IPW we rang the promoter he actually, I think he rang us at like four o'clock. So, why, I'm already. Rio, in, why'd you ring me? I'm already in London. I'm already back in London now, ready to do IPW. Um, the promoter rings me like, "Oh, where are you? Do, do you need any help? Can such and such come and pick you up? Can such and such come and pick you up now? We'll come and get you." I said, "Mate, I'm already in London. Sent him the print screen. You owe me three hundred and fifty euros." And uh, they just shit themselves. They give us it straight. To their credit, they give us it straight away. But um, lesson learned, don't go to Potenza. No, no, lesson learned, don't trust Street Dog. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen that film? What's that new film that's out? Where they hypnotise the guy? Oh, what's it called? Either way, it's loosely based on Potenza. (laughs) (laughs) Pro wrestler, I can't remember who it was even called, you know, this company. But uh, I think you took a book in. I swear you emailed me to say that you have just been booked by them. No. And I said, I've got an interesting story about that. You're going to Italy soon. Am I? Yeah, I know you are, because you messaged me. They might have contacted me about a date, and then I messaged you and asked you, I think, maybe. And then I might, they might have messaged me back and said, I think it's been cancelled. Yeah, it's been cancelled. Yeah, it's been, I think it clashed with something and I said no to them. I think that was it. That's the bullet, mate. Mate, well, you didn't tell me this story. <laughs> you wanted me to come back and be like, you son of a bitch. I'm in on it. <laughs> they let me leave on the basis that I put it over to the people. They were planning on kidnapping you. If you're like me, you have a wardrobe full of wrestling tees, but none of them are really suitable for the summer. 
Well, that's why you need to head over to suplexapparel.com and check out their brand new summer range, which is out now. Suplex Apparel has a team of high-caliber pro wrestlers representing them, such as Matt Riddle, Zack Sabre Jr., and Helico, Dave Mastiff, Adam Cole, and many more. I have a ton of suplex clothing. The one thing I love about it so much is its versatility. It can be worn to the gym or out for an evening meal, to a wrestling show or on a hot date. It really is unlike any wrestling brand out there today. Best thing yet is they ship worldwide. So no matter where you live, you could be a wrestling fan ahead of the fashion curve. So don't delay. Make sure you head over to suplexapparel.com today and pick up a bargain. Thanks suplexapparel.com. You've tore it apart. Well, on top, like, we've covered, we've covered you. <laughs> we've, uh, on, one of the things you've done recently as well, which I've been, I've been watching, which I, I love. I always love it when uh, wrestlers do something in other places I'm not currently working and I'm able to see it like kind of unravel or see how it comes about and one of the things you were doing was with uh, ICW it's this whole thing you are currently the ICW Zero G champion is that correct? that is correct that's correct so how did uh, how did that whole feud with Kenny Williams come about because we were involved in the match at the Barrowlands which was a lot of fun yeah but then how did the I mean ICW has always been amazing and it's somewhere that I got into based off my reputation elsewhere but then ICW in itself it's another world and their fans can be real tough, which I like. You know, you don't get given anything there. You have to work for every little thing that you do in ICW. And so when, when you're in and when you're over, you've, you know, you've achieved something. Like, that roster is, is a tough roster to get over. Like, I think I said to people before, like, uh, getting into ICW isn't difficult. Staying in ICW yeah. is. Whereas I feel like progress, for example, uh, staying in isn't difficult. Getting in is difficult. Is difficult. Yeah. So it's it's one of those two yeah. things, isn't like, it? Yeah, they'll actually they'll, they'll give you a shot, but they'll call a spade a spade. If you're not over, they'll just say you didn't quite get over. If you do a bad job, they'll say well you did a bad job. But the fans, not just the promoter, like the fans, the fans can just chew someone up and spit them out straight away, regardless of what they've done elsewhere. The fans make or break you there. You really well, have to well, get them. Well, I did well at the Barrowlands, and then Dallas loved me. He said he was like he properly loved everything I did, and then he's like be in touch. I've heard nothing since. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> no, nah, what, what I was told by Whippy is just like there's so much. He's like, but there's so much going on. He's like, we've got to find something for you. There's those companies though, isn't there? Like ICW, Progress, Rev Pro. Everyone wants to work there, so everyone's knocking on the door. Uh, ICW, like I got in there and I was sort of floating around a little bit. You know, I'd come up, win a match, lose a match, disappear for a show. Go up, win a match, lose a match, disappear. Just something not quite clicking probably the fact that I'm a much better villain than I am a blue eye and they said it was a blue one and I, I originally went in as a blue eye because my very first foot in the door was in Liverpool they put me as a baby face I went up I was just beating people up it was okay it was going okay until I said to him look you've got to put me as a villain maybe next time you've got to put me as a villain maybe next time eventually he's like well we'll try it out now I did my promo I did my stuff I worked one match as a villain I came back and he's like you are never working babyface for this company ever again. Because <laughs> he liked me as a babyface, but then after seeing it as a villain, he was like, well, obviously that's worlds apart. That's what you need to be doing. And then just like, I mean, with such a story driven company, you need something to sink your teeth into. That's the thing I feel like that's with him. He's like, he said that with me, he needs something for me. And I think yeah. a lot of time he can like somebody that he doesn't want to bring people in for one and dones. No. He generally, if he, bring, if he wants to bring you in, he wants to have longevity with it. He wants to have like look at look at Trent. Look at Trent. Once Trent was in, 
he skyrocketed in there. And look at what I said that you've done. You know, they ran the hydro with however many thousand people yep. in there. That's based off their business model because they know what they're doing. They really invest in the storylines, and that's what makes the money. And ICW is one of my very favourite places to be, and it yes, always will be. Incredible. And like, I was just waiting for that thing to sink my teeth into. And uh, basically, it, it almost came by accident, really. Uh, the plan was never for me to win that belt. No, oh, really? I was never meant to win that belt. Uh, I didn't shoot on him, but, <laughs> but I could have. Uh, but all it was, was um, we just did good business. They put me in a match with Kenny, just as a one-off on one of the tours. And it was just really good. Everyone loved it. So then a little bit later, somewhere down the line, I think we end up in like a multi-man or something. Oh, they it? really liked that. It was just going well, and this story just sort of started building itself, just organically. It just happened. Kenny was doing open challenges. Kenny was doing open challenges. I was answering them. I was doing my promos afterwards to get something out of a loss, and it was keeping steam going for me. And then eventually things happened. Certain people pulled out of certain shows. Certain people couldn't do another thing. Me and Kenny find ourselves together again. Now we're in a program. And it, it just had so much steam that like the office just couldn't ignore it. Yep. So then they put us in together again. They said, you guys are going to have this big, massive blow-up match. You guys are going to go into this street fight and you're going to do this. And uh, from there, it starts getting thrown around like, but you know, what do we need to do? I mean, I don't like pulling the cane back too much. But um, there were talks, people were saying, well, what would be the best way to go forwards? It turned out they just changed everything. They turned it all on its head because we our little story that we had going, our little program that we had done, forced them to do so. Like we forced their hand, and at the same time, because they're good businessmen, they didn't fight it. They let us run with it. We decided to do the street fight, and that street fight that we did ICW is one of my favourites I've done in a long time. Especially for the fact that I still think going in, I had really started to get over. They would announce me, the crowd start shouting my promo out, taking the piss like the fans that they are. <laughs> but that's what we do. This, they're shouting it out. It's getting over. They hate me. They don't, but they want to see me so that they can take the piss out of course. me. They love to boo me. And it really started getting some traction. So we went into the street fight and it was hot and everyone wanted to see it. I really don't think anyone thought I was going to win. And then finally, they're enjoying the match. Kenny Williams and the moonsault out of the balcony. Crowd are going nuts. Uh, I did the Helter Skelter off the top rope through a table. Crowd are going nuts. But finally, when it got to the final bit, Kenny Williams did his suicide dive that he does. He does a... Drop kick through the ropes. Holds on. Skin the cat. He G's off. Hits for the dive. Comes out through the ropes. I just moved out of the way. He just crashed into the guardrail. Hung himself on the guardrail. Hurt his arm. Obviously, that's a big, big risk. Crowd went nuts. I stuck the chair straight on his head. Pulled his arm through it. Ran him into the ring post. Rolled him into the ring. Straight into the Shankly gates. And all at once, the whole crowd realised. They knew. Holy shit. Like, it just hit them. All at once, it hit them. And they all panicked and leant forward. Like, oh my God, we're going to see a title change. And he was nearly, he wouldn't tap, he wouldn't tap. Drilled him loads of elbows, wouldn't tap, wouldn't tap. Knocked him out with the elbows, chewing gum came out. Put him back in the sword, referee shook the wrist, ring the bell, finished. Absolutely loved it. And now, like, I've really felt a difference in myself in ICW. Like, I'm one of the ICW guys. Got like, I'm one of the ICW lot, you know. It doesn't, I'm not a foreigner coming into the Glasgow show now. Like, I'm on the ICW roster. And like, I appreciate that, all the boys appreciate that. It's just, it's just a boss place to go. Like anyone who's not watching ICW is missing out. I agree. I, sh I should be on it. People should be watching that product. I totally agree. Well, one of the one of the things that like, we're going to touch on briefly because we have spoken about, you can't not really talk about it in too much depth. But um, one of the biggest things, uh, create a highlight for you, is 
wrestling in front of two million people on New Year's Eve <laughs> for ITV World yeah. Sport. Uh, so let's just chat briefly about that. Like I know that we've spoke before about like it's had good press, it's had bad press, but like I know you love sitting down on yeah. on New Year's Day and just let's, let's chat about. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of a lot of people misunderstood the product. A lot of people don't know what was happening behind the scenes. I wish I could explain what was happening behind the scenes. I wish I could explain what the vision for it was, what people were doing, what the restrictions were, what the restrictions weren't. Contractually, I physically cannot say that. And also, just politically, I cannot say stuff like that, as obviously you just touched on then. Um, but the actual show in itself, like, it was brilliant. Like, British wrestling is on fire. We are everywhere. There is a WWE UK. There isn't a WWE Denmark. There isn't a WWE Germany. There is definitely not a WWE Italy. (laughs) (laughs) I love Italy. I love Italy. It's great. And if I get that booking back, I'm definitely going out to bed, so I don't give a shit. (laughs) I would go back in in an instant. Stay with China. It's a nightmare, but I'd go back in an instant. Um, But yeah, there's a a WWE UK. Our scene is on fire, and we were on national television, ITV. Five o'clock with million. I mean, we had like I think the official figure was like one point six, something like that. One point six million households. That's not one person sat in front of the television. That's households. So was it wasn't it in the tube at the time they had the? I think so. Yeah. Was in the tube the I always the, the all things deliberately just so I don't get I think, ahead of myself. I think it was in the tube at the time they hit the, de- the demand. On even demand. then, I, I would average every household of two people watching, so then just double that figure Four straight million. away. Like the amount of people watching that show was obscene. And, um, well, it is when you think about like 800 people here today, and it looks like a big crowd. Yeah, that's 800 people, four million people watch you. That's ridiculous. Unreal. I mean, obviously, it wasn't what wrestling fans, what die-hard wrestling fans, and what die-hard wrestling fans of the likes of Progress or the likes of the Over 18 show ICW wanted. That was never going to happen. Following the chase, sandwiched in between, what's that program where they do like the slot machine? Uh, tipping point. Tipping point. <laughs> what are we, we're going to go out there with barbed wire, start ripping each other to bits? Of course not. We're going to go out there and punch each other's face into a bloody pole? Of course not. We had to do a show that was family friendly. Uh, anyone in the job can appreciate that. You know, people in the biggest company in the world can watch that show, understand the restrictions that were on it, and appreciate what the talent did with the res- within those restrictions. I mean, what was brilliant is they, they really did look after us during that taping. What's happened since is a lot of this and a lot of that, and obviously there has been no follow-up since, which has left, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but it's definitely not dead. They're still, they're still in talks. They're still pushing for certain things. Other companies getting involved. Was it the right thing or not? I'll do a big tell-all in a couple of years, <laughs> and I'll go into depth on that. But um, the actual show in itself, when we were there, I mean, when we did the tape and we all just thought, this is amazing. They really looked after us. Um, there was no nonsense backstage. We all got paid really well. We all got fed well. And then, I mean, the funny things were, it was just, it wasn't a wrestling show. No one backstage there knew anything about wrestling. So there were funny little bits, like when we would do, you know, when they were watching the show, they were reacting bigger than half of the crowd. Because the crowd had seen wrestling. They see a flying head scissors, they react because it's cool. Producers who were used to watching Tipping Point and <laughs> watching some like old woman from Middlesbrough put a little coin in a machine 
now they're seeing guys doing flying head scissors out yeah. the ring. They were losing their minds. They were loving it. Um, in the build up to it, like they had never shot wrestling before. They'd never filmed wrestling before. So, especially like that particular crew had never yeah. filmed wrestling before. So they messaged a couple of us to ask for some bit of Joe, like, what are you going to do? Can you tell us the match? This, I'm, this is a week before it. I was in Gran Canaria with my missus the week before it. And they, nice, nice for <laughs> And they were emailing me saying, can you send me the match that you're going to have with El Liguero? And I said, well, no, because I don't know what I'm going to do yet. And the bell's going to ring and I'm going to make something up. <laughs> like, I'm going to fight him, aren't I? I'm going to wrestle him. People would say to me, like, oh, have you, yeah, since yeah. you get time to choreograph stuff before I go up to you go in there and just kind of call it. And then yeah. people go, how? Yeah, what do you mean? I say, well, I don't know what the crowd wants until I'm in there and I will make it up when I'm in there. So I might have a gist of what we're going to do, but I don't know every step. And that's yeah. what they, I think that's what they expected. Yeah. I think they thought we were going to tell them at two minutes and 45 seconds, my left foot will be on the second rope, my right foot will be on the top rope. Elegero will be looking over towards camera six. I said, I can't tell you that. Yeah. We're just going to get in there and we're going to have a scrap. And if something happens, I might react to that. And if I do something, he might react to that. And they were like, well, can you just give us a gist of what's going to happen? And I, so I sent them a quick little, you know, a skeleton of what a wrestling match is. And I sent them that and he messaged me back and said, we need a little bit more. So I said, oh, geez, I don't know what to say. So I wrote out just a generic wrestling match. And I just said, it'll be something along these lines. And I, I didn't mean it to be, but it kind of came across a little bit patronising. So I was like, for example, the middle of the match, the villain's on top. He's put the old the turns now. He's, it's the heat. I'm beating him up and he's getting sympathy. So I wrote, like, for this portion of the match, I will be on top using my strength and technical abilities. <laughs> I will put El Liguero in peril. I was like, I will beat him up. He will try to, he will try to fight back, but every time he does, I will shut him down using my wits. <laughs> I was like, during this period... You were laughing your heads off as you were writing this out. Even my missus was like... <laughs> I was like, during this point, portion of the match... In my head, you stood up pacing back and forth while you're making her write it out on the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I had a quill in my ear. <laughs> Read that back to me, <laughs> I was like, during this point of the match, El Liguero will get sympathy from the crowd as he is beaten up by the bigger man. And they, you know, he, he, he starts building momentum for his comeback. I sent them all of this. They messaged me back. Perfect. On the day, three hours before the show, they asked me and Liguero to do a rehearsal. Can you just come down for rehearsals? What are you on about? I'm just going to do a couple of press-ups and then go and do it. Yeah. Hit my music, I'll do the rest. No, we need a rehearsal. They wanted to know where the cameras needed to be. I say, okay, fair enough, let's go through this. So we go down, guy with a clipboard comes in the ring. He's printed off my message and stuck it on a clipboard. And they're all like sat in an office brainstorming my sarcastic email. <laughs> so he's got like, Brilliant. he's got a headpiece in. He goes like, excuse me. Well, first off, actually, they asked us to do the match for them. So we just said, like, absolutely not. Wrestling hurts. It hurts a lot. I'm not, gonna, I'm not prepared to do a 15-minute match now. For then free. go and have din-dins and, and then, then come back and do it again. Free and in front of no crowd. Yeah, like, absolutely not. Like, that's not how wrestling works. It hurts. They, to their credit, completely understood. I'm like, okay, just show us where you need to be for certain things. Okay, fair enough. Then he comes in with the clipboard. He's flicking through it. He's got a headpiece in. He goes, um, excuse me, guys. Just got, you know, just got John up in the office there. He just wants to know, um, where, where is this bit here where he's going to get sympathy? What's that? I was like, oh, Jesus. It's like, okay, um, it basically, I'm just going to beat him up and he's going to get sympathy. Like, that's as simple as it is. You guys just shoot it, but it'll just be, I'll just be beating him up around the ring and he'll get sympathy. So it leads into his ear. 
Did you get that, John? Did you hear that? Yeah, okay. A um, little bit more. Um, and when, he, when he's getting this sympathy, is he going to get it in the ring or in the crowd? I said, sorry, what, what, what do you mean? So is he going to get the sympathy in the ring or is he going to get in the crowd? I said, sorry, so do you think I'm going to punch him? He's going to go to the floor, roll out, climb into the fourth row and ask the fans for sympathy. <laughs> then come back in. Like, they, they had no... No, I, we had to but explain like, to I was like, like, no, 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 no. He won't ask for sympathy. He will get sympathy. Like, did you hear that, John? And exactly how is he going to get... Unbelievable. But I guess for us it's just because it's, it's not an alien language. Yeah. But I guess somebody could probably come up to us and try to explain binary code and we're not getting it and the nerds would be laughing at us because we don't get binary code. But that's exactly... Yeah. And they could probably explain to you wide-angle shots and... And how they use this and yeah. this, and we'd be like, "What the fuck are you on about?" <laughs> but it's just, it's just it's things like I mean, obviously, it's a kids' program, so you weren't allowed to punch a guy in the face. That is too aggressive. There is a bit in your match where you do something and they pan away. Exactly, and a lot of people like fumed on the producers for that. That wasn't an accident. <laughs> like, fair enough, some of the stuff maybe wasn't shot like wrestling shows are normally shot. Yeah. Um, it's a completely different animal that show, and they have sensors breathing down the neck. They can't put certain stuff on television. And so, for example, one of the things we weren't allowed to punch, no close fist punches strictly, because it's just too much. Like, the kids aren't allowed to see that. And I actually asked them, I was like, am I allowed to throw forearms? And they said, yeah, forearms are absolutely fine. I was like, no, 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 but you don't understand, like, I'm a nasty guy. Like, when I throw these forearms in, I make them count. Is that okay? They went, yeah, that's absolutely fine. If anyone goes back and watches that match against Liguero, you won't see a single forearm. Oh, really? They cut to the crowd. Like, remember Smackdown on a Saturday morning? Someone would come in with a steel chair, cut to the crowd. You they the did show. that for my forearms. You know, when I was younger, they said my forearms were too aggressive. When I was younger, I used to watch those Smackdown shows and think that the cameramen were just really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You've missed Someone it. Someone fire that camera. Like, You've missed it. Every fucking week. <laughs> when I got older, I was like, oh shit, that's what they were doing. And my brother would be like, what are they doing? They missed it. Because he was little then, so he understood a little bit less. But obviously, I took that as a compliment, to be fair. Like, they cut out my forearms because they were too aggressive. Too aggressive. Grado was like, they left my punches in, cheeky bastards. <laughs> and he was doing close punches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was still a massive... Um, it's definitely put my stock up. Um, it would have been so big, you know, because those first shows in January, the first couple of independents I did in January, straight after the show, everyone's house was up. So forget all of the nonsense that happened in the internet forums. Every single indie crowd was up based off the fact that ITV was on. WWE UK hadn't happened yet. All the houses were up. And then, um, yeah, just... Unfortunately, know, still just, hasn't. Exactly, like, they're still struggling it's Still to might, together. though. Still might. Exactly, it's, it's not dead. It's definitely not dead, but... Um, Whether it'll be you guys or it'll be another crew, it... Exactly. Like, I'm already... Uh, my goal in wrestling, and I don't care who hears this, obviously, like, I think it's pretty transparent anyway, so I don't mind going on record, and I always have. I want to wrestle for the WWE. That is my goal in wrestling. I've been knocking on the door for years. I've been in good contact with them. I uh, don't want to go into too much into it, but I know what I'm doing is good. That's as simple as I have confidence in myself where I know that it's good. And I know that it would fit right into their product. Um, ITV, for me, was always to raise my stock so, so that eventually I could go <coughs> to where I want to wrestle to achieve my goal that's been my goal since I was 10 years old. And um, fair enough, there's been a couple of little bits that have gone down. But I'm not worrying. I still know what I'm doing. I'm still, still laser-focused on where I need to go. Whether it's this year or next year or five years from now, that is my goal. 
if I had to retire tomorrow, I wouldn't feel like a failure because I've done so much stuff that I'm really proud of. I mean, I've traveled the world without paying for a flight. I've never paid for a flight in my life and I've been to literally the other side of the world. I'm going to New York with progress, which I, I cannot wait, taking that off the bucket list. But if I had to retire tomorrow, I could just as easily look back and go, ICW, Zero G Champ, Future Shock Champ, I love my work at Future Shock, it's some of the best stuff I've done. All the stuff I've done in progress has been amazing, Brixton, all of this stuff, all the different companies, even individual matches and feuds are stuff in the natural progression. It's One of my favourites, I said before, the street fight, the match with Sexsmith, it's super strong style. All of these things now, I could retire happy. But as you know, you, as long as you're active, you're never happy. <laughs> so even when, you know, I'll get to, the day that I get to WWE and I'm in NXT, I'll be buzzing, I've achieved my goal. Now there's a new goal, keep going. They put me on Raw. I want a pay-per-view. Exactly. I can put me on a pay-per-view. I want right. a championship. Oh, yeah. Right, now I want John Cena's spot. <laughs> You'll never stop. But, like I say, if oh, I had to... So John Cena, you want, you want your Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got your Hall of Fame. I want my own category. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want a memorial tournament named after you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that's, that is always the end goal, and it will forever be the end goal. But all you look at all the things that you can do in between. They're amazing, and... British wrestling right now is just, it's the best in the world. I mean, even if you look backstage at the big companies, like who's calling the shots backstage? It's the Brits, that's for a reason, because we do this job better than anyone else. You look in our country, our, our scene is on fire, because we do this job better than anyone else. That used to be the case with the original world of sport. And I, I am quite proud to say that our generation has snatched that back. Yeah. Like we have took that credibility back. We had, there's a little dip, and you know, credit to the guys that kept the scene alive during that day, because they need some credit as well. Like, yeah, they do. Like your Jodies, your Doug, your Jonies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they kept it alive during that point. They just didn't have as many as we do now. Now we have a scene. We have like a roster. Today's progress show, unreal. And I can still list a full roster of guys who weren't on it, who could just have easily put on just as good of a show. Like our scene now is just unbelievable. So it's just this is the place to be, and it's just onwards and upwards really. Isn't it? How I usually like to end these then is uh, if you were to give your former self any advice or uh, anyone coming into the business now advice, what would it what would it be? Be patient. I'm such an impatient person, <laughs> and I can't tell if it's a pro or a con yet. Maybe hindsight will say when it's all done. But for example, like the first years, first couple of years of my tra my training, I just wish I didn't do them. I just wish I'd listened to people and waited. But I was so impatient, I lied about my age, I started training at 15 when the first closest school to me only allowed 16. And now I've took off a load of bumps off my bump card. Like my body is beat up because of that. Don't get me wrong, I've still got plenty of years in me. I just, you know, those first three years, did they really do anything for me? I'm not so sure. Maybe time will tell, but I think like, be smart, really. You know, try to take yourself, try to take a step back and be smart, is what I would say. Pick a school with good trainers who are active or who have at least achieved something. Really do your research before you go somewhere. Be smart when you're training. Be smart when you're wrestling. That's what's going to make the money. I mean, both of us can probably write off a couple of years at the start of our yeah, careers. Well, I, I, we I, I, I've got about three years of backyard, which I loved it, yeah. but I wish I started pro a bit sooner. Exactly. Um, and then those first couple of years where like you get advice and maybe you don't quite listen because you're... Don't I mean, quite understand youth. it, maybe yeah, sometimes. That's just and, I mean, maybe that can't be avoided, but at least try. <laughs> at least try to avoid it. Don't do the indie years, which everyone does in training. 
they get a year in and they think they just have to hit every move under the sun. (laughs) 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 That's what people do and everyone does it. Try to avoid them as best you can. When people are telling you stuff, appreciate it and listen. That's what I would try to say. But saying that, I know that 16-year-old me would ignore 26-year-old me. I'd be like, who's this bald prick? Fuck off, you. <laughs> Used to be cool. <laughs> Jog on. So uh, where can they find you on the on the net? Um, Twitter, ZachGibson01. Instagram, ZachGibson01. I do have a Facebook page, but I don't use it. Uh, feel free if you want, like. <laughs> no, I have stopped using it. There's so much. But I, I enjoy Twitter and I enjoy Instagram, Same. so... I do them, uh, the Fighting Spirit Training yep. School. Obviously, I'm biased because it is my school, but you'd be hard pressed, particularly in the Northwest, to find a better school. I agree. I mean, I wrestle every company. Okay, I'm not trying to blow smoke, I just have confidence in myself. Every company that is worth a wank in this country, I wrestle for. So, well, I'm, I've wrestled I'm act- for. Exactly, I'm active, I do a lot, and I've still got a lot in the pipeline. James Drake literally has a contract with WWE right now. WWE UK, so the two of us are very active, and then we have a hell of a facility. I'm very confident in our school, and you can find that it's. Let me just remember this because I always forget our own Twitter. It's FS Wrestling UK, but you'll also find it just by going through my own because I always share stuff from them. Find Spirit Pro Wrestling. We're on Facebook. You'll get a lot of our info there, and we're on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's the place to be. We've got a show on the 19th of August. Yeah. That's in Magul, Liverpool. That's. It's a trainee show, but there will be pro stuff on there there's going to be a fine balance of pro and trainee guys on there that's also another big thing like first couple of years of my training trainees versus trainees green on green is green like the only way to learn is to get in there with more experienced guys and we appreciate that and that's what we do also if anyone noticed and I'll be putting a post out about it soon um, progress a show today in Manchester four of the ring crew fighting spirit guys that's all because we network and we work and we put in the effort in and going to benefit our boys so anyone who wants to be a wrestler don't listen to Gav from any of his other plugs uh, <laughs> just, come to, just come to fighting spirit and we go <laughs> we play dodgeball it's cool <laughs> that's true Jack it's been an absolute pleasure my friend yeah. thanks for having me thank you thank you very much boo <laughs> boo <laughs> how good was that as I said a little bit of a different format didn't really delve into his uh, past or how he started, but uh, if you haven't listened to his one with Jim Smallman, definitely go check that out, because they do hit those, and those China stories on the Jim Smallman one are equally as funny, if not even more funny, than the European stories he told on mine, so definitely go check that out, but a really nice podcast, I think you can probably guess how close me and him are, because we chat, didn't have to look at a list, didn't have to do any of that, just kind of let the conversation flow, we did set up a list, but uh, didn't really have to look at it, it was just just easy and nice to just let it flow, and uh, you always learn something new, I... I don't want to dawn on it, but I didn't know about his. Uh, I didn't know about his mum passing away and stuff like that. And he said himself after we turned it off, that he doesn't really talk about it that much. But I think uh, even for a split, split second, they kind of peeled it back and allowed you to see the the human that is there under the wrestler, under the human heat machine that he is. Just a lovely, lovely guy. But uh, yeah, absolute pleasure sitting down with Zach. And if you haven't seen his work, or if you haven't listened to the one with Jim Smallman, definitely go check both of those out. But yeah, thanks, Zach. Absolute pleasure. Boo. If you have enjoyed the podcast, said at the start, but please be sure to rate, subscribe, review wherever, wherever you listen to this podcast. Be it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever. You know the drill. 
But uh, if you do want to give me a shout out, then please be sure to do that over the social media, which is at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter, Flash Morgan Webster, or Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook, at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. And if you do want to advertise on the Wrestling Friends podcast, or maybe you want to book me for an upcoming show, or maybe you just want to send me a cheeky little email and tell me how much you're enjoying the podcast, all that can be done at flashmorgan at live.co.uk. Again, that email is flashmorgan at live.co.uk. I say it every week, but I love seeing those tweets, love seeing those emails, love seeing those Facebook notifications, and I love, love, love getting those Instagram stories. So yeah, keep them coming, people. Next week's guest, fingers crossed, should happen, should be Chris Ridgway. It's uh, currently Monday, and this uh, editing this up. A little bit ahead of time because I'm at Bognor Regis tomorrow for NGW. So I'm going to get this edited tonight, ready to drop it then when I come in Tuesday night. So, uh, yeah. And then Wednesday, sleepy and tired. You should be listening to this podcast right about now, I'm guessing. I'll be on my way to Liverpool to meet up with Chris Ridgway. So I'm very much looking forward to sitting down and chatting to Chris Ridgway. If you mean to do this one for a while, we had it all lined up and then he jumped on Jim Smallman's podcast. I do very much like to space them out because, you know, we've got a lot of the same fan client base, so I like to space these out. I like to listen to what Jim said, and I like to then deliver a different podcast or allow enough time to pass that we have some more interesting stories and we can see where things have really developed since then. So yeah, next week's guest should be Chris Ridgway. So I guess that wraps up another show. Big thanks to Zach Gibson for coming on the show. Loved having him on it. Big thanks to Chris Ridgway for uh, potentially and hopefully meeting up with me tomorrow or today if you're listening on Wednesday. Big thanks to Merch Britannia for being our sponsor as always. Big thanks as well to SuperLexapal.com for being our advertisement. You would have heard that now. Start to split up the adverts. So uh, see how that goes. And as always, big thanks to you people for, for listening. As I say it every week, if it weren't for you guys and girls, I would be list- I would be talking to myself. So big, big thanks for uh, what's been approaching now a good year. I've hit 70,000 downloads so I uh, guess a lot of you are still listening, a lot of you are still enjoying it. So big thanks to you lot. So yeah, I guess that wraps all up. I've been Flash Web, so this has been Wrestling Friends. And it's always a pleasure, always a treasure. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. Bye.